Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Aim High. I'm Ryan Hoffman, career consultant and operations manager at LinkedIn. And despite the pandemic and economic challenges we've all endured over the past year and a half, our careers continue to offer opportunities for more fulfillment in our lives and to make the world a better place. Hello again and welcome to AIM High, where we cover all things work. How to manage stress at the workplace, how to overcome your confidence gremlins, to microaggressions, and discovering your strengths and weaknesses. One of the things that I endeavor to do as a mission statement for this podcast is to help provide the inspiration, the tools, and the roadmaps to help move you from where you are now to where you see yourself in five years. And who better to help me do that than uh, the very, very great, uh, you've heard me talk about him on many different episodes, he is the author of Snakes and Corporate Ladders, Break the Rules, Win the Game. He also has a podcast coming out, uh, which I will be the first guest on, called Excelling with Excel. How to use Microsoft Office applications to help overcome fear and insecurities. He's a great guy. He knows a lot about the workplace. Let's give it up for Rich Philbin. How are you? Hey, 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 hey. Thank you for having me back. I'm so excited to be here. Boy, I was just coming off a long shift and I'm really happy to uh, be able to part some of this knowledge onto you and to your listeners. It's great to be back. And truly, this is one of the most exceptional podcasts I've ever been a part of. So I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you very much for the kind pleasantries, Rich. I mean, that's one of the things that that's maybe lesson number one in the office place. Learn how to be nice. Learn how to talk to your superiors properly. Not just be nice, though. I think it's really important that we start this off the right foot. Not just be nice, because nice would translate to being a bit of a pushover, and nobody mm. likes to be a pushover in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Getting that work piling on. You head back home. Your wife and family resent you. You can't go on that fishing trip. Your grandparents don't call anymore, and you can't go see them. Don't be a pushover. Instead, be a push forward. Do a piece of work. Mm-hmm but say that you need something in return. It's a two-way street and everybody knows and talks the same language as business. So when you do something, make sure you lay the stakes down. Everybody loves a good deal and everybody likes reaping the awards from them. So let me just give a quick example. I say, I'm going to do this work at five o'clock. Sure. I should be heading home and getting on that dang highway. Maybe I tell the wife to call and maybe get some, you know, takeout for this evening. My boss heads home and he's going to a barbecue. I say I'm going to get the work done, but I say, hey, tomorrow you're buying me lunch. Sure, that's an easy win for him. And guess what? I don't even want to go home. I love the office. <laughs> I do the work. And when I get in the next day, boy, here we are sitting at lunch. Now here I am one-on-one with the boss, man. I pitch him an idea. He likes the idea. Joke's on him. I've been pitching that idea to all my lesser thans for a year now. I knew it was a slam dunk. Now he's got a great idea in his brain. He thinks it's my great idea. And guess what? Now I'm sitting down with the partners next week. (laughs) This is what we call forensic evidence from one of the great masters of the craft. Um, Rich Philbin, I mean, you are a a huge sensation. This was actually a little bit of of, uh, one of the presentations that you gave two years ago in Stuttgart. I remember when you were doing a conference on employment in the EU, trying to give Germans a healthy dose of this real talk. What what did you call it? Realpolitik for business? Yes, exactly. Realpolitics for business. Basically, I want to get them into their mind that it's not just a life. It's not just a work. It's also a lifestyle. Mm. Working and being in the office, it's a 24-hour job. (laughs) And if you can't cut it, well, I'll see you at Starbucks. Um, it's <laughs> basically living and breathing the lifestyle. Every day you are at the office. If you see your coworker walking down the street, what's well, an opportunity to strike up some business? That's an opportunity to make a water cooler joke without the water cooler. It's a moment to excel. It's a moment to break the rules and it's a moment to win the game. Mm, making yourself marketable. Now, Rich, you found your way, the break the rules way, as you like to call it. This is mm-hmm. what sells you. This is what, um, 
what puts you at the top of the pile. This is what gets people to really take a second look at your CV, maybe even a third look. Um, and, and that's something that I want all of our listeners to really understand is this is just a way. This is the rich way. I have my way. I mean, aim high. We've been doing this podcast for about eight years now. We've helped about 500 people find more meaningful, more gainful employment in the province of Quebec alone. And um, this is something that we're trying to get out there in a more international level. I mean, you've already pierced the European market and, you know, bravo, good for you. Oh, I'm, I'm very, very interested to see what happens uh, at the summit in Beijing in 2023. I mean, hopefully all things considered with the pandemic will be fine by then, travel will be fine, etc., etc. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the way, I'm getting actually a lot of letters here, Rich, from a lot of uh, improvisers. Well, see, this is a, a problem right away. Yeah. We don't use letters anymore. It's all about the fax machine. If you aren't, if you don't have a scanner, then right away, this is a huge problem. And this tip is for free. I don't even think I have this in my book because it's, I think I wrote, I wrote this in three books ago <laughs> back in the 1990s. So what was the name of that book, by the way, that book? Yeah. The, the one from the nineties moving forward at breakneck speeds. Mm getting into that conference room first. So specifically, it was a book about uh, when we rent a room in the office uh, world. Uh, get into that office first mm -hmm. is extremely important. Yeah. Uh, sorry. I mean, I know we already talked so much about this, but basically a small little tidbit here is getting into that room first and sitting down at the head of the table, even though that is meant for the boss mm -hmm. is an extreme power move. I would even call it aggressive, yeah. but it, you are laying down the foundation for a personality that you will soon adopt. You know, the idea is fake it until you make it. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're sitting down in that chair, you're putting on this attitude that I am a big deal, treat me with respect and pay me accordingly. So again, sorry, just a small little tidbit there about <laughs> getting into that room first and obviously laying, laying down some of the rules. But this was the 90s, so one of the most important things was make sure to write your name on the, on the conference room list first. Because if someone else writes their name first, this was, again, the pre-electronic age. This was more of a, uh, this was a simpler age, a paper, pen and paper age. It was a, it was a different age. Today, today's a, a whole different animal with texting and emojis, and I've made sure to include that in my newest book, too. The language has changed, but the ideas have not no you want you want to stand tall it's yeah. important that it's a jungle out there and the apex predator always gets first taste the romans knew this the romans knew this the ancient greeks knew this ancient mesopotamian cultures also knew this as well as far as you can date back there was office culture everywhere one of the first written ancient cuneiform tablets actually says work harder buy not, low sell high yeah that too buy low sell high which was still something that i mean i i <laughs> if i if it, if it wasn't against office uh, rules i'd have that tattooed all over my body hmm. um but of course i don't break that rule that you know the one rule i don't break the very first thing that the egyptians wrote in a pyramid uh, in pictographs was always be closing always be closing that's mm -hmm. absolutely true glengarry Glen Glen ross which is based on actually my life well, I mean, it was the ancient Egyptians, so maybe David Mamet got that from the Egyptians, but I, or I hear me. you. Yeah. Or from me. I'm a, well, yeah, sorry. Anyway, who, uh, I forget your initial question. Um, so I, I'm just saying, what I was actually saying uh, from the beginning is that we got a lot of improvisers to right. write us letters. What's and that? Admit it, letters are... Uh, no, sorry, paper. what's an improviser? Well, an improviser is... Um, well, actually, I wasn't too... Uh, certain myself because I haven't heard of that company. <clears throat> I, I exactly. I thought it was some sort of maybe an NGO or something of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, it turns out it wasn't. Uh, I've never actually, you know, I work with employment. I work with people who are seeking careers, seeking uh, sort of a more gainful, meaningful existence. So I've never really kind of uh, confronted any people from the apparently improv world, I'm doing quotation marks, you can't see, but this is a podcast. Right. This is a world. 
Um, and it's not an it's not an underwater world or anything like that. It's not it's a, a sky an, world. It's not an atmospheric uh, ionospheric world. It's on the terrestrial uh, plane. Okay, it's interesting. I'm writing this down. And um, it is a series of individuals who call themselves uh, comedians and are doing a sort of artistic form, which, from what I understand, has no preparation involved. Now, huge red flag, massive red flag. I always, always, always say, prepare harder than the other guy. I got to tell you, this one time I had this presentation and boy, was I a bad boy. I had just been golfing the day before. And uh, let's just say I I was a little high on quad ludes. Of course, it was the uh, mid 90s. And what was your <clears throat> what was your score? Oh, well, a gentleman never tells. <laughs> gentleman never tells. But let's just say you're I, not uh, a gentleman, though. I'm not a gentleman. I, I did very well. Let's just say I did very well. It's another uh, all business happens on the golf field. All business. Write this down. If you're listening to this right now, all business happens on the green. And I can't stress this enough. If you don't like golf, we'll fucking fix that. Yeah. Everyone who does business plays golf. Go your, go buy yourself a polo. Go buy yourself some. I don't even care if it's a rake. And you're using that as a golf club or a chip. Or any irons, go get, go out there and make it happen. Any, I'm sorry to deviate here, but anyway, I, I, I had just been golfing the night before. Let me tell you this, boy, I had just been golfing the night before, and we were on quad loops, and, and, and I, I pop in, I pop in the next day, and I, I, God is my witness, I don't, rem, I don't remember a dang. Th- I got this meeting. Mm. I've got to pitch to these clients. I got to pitch. I got to put. I got to pitch to our clients in Europe. Yeah. And here I am on a call, with with fifty of our partners and I'm as, I'm as ripped up as a, as a, as a pair of jeans at hot topic. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm as, I'm as, I'm, I'm completely out of my mind. And here I go. And I start, I start seeing these slides for the first time. Of course, my, my assistant Sandra put it together and, and boy, oh boy, these, these slides start popping up. And, and I'll tell you what, I thought we were, t- I thought we were talking about one of the products that the company was selling, which of course was, uh, was Minute Maid, Minute Maid. And I hear what I was talking about, I uh, thought we were talking about Charmin toilet paper. Mm-hmm. So I've been pitching Charlotte Charmin toilet paper this whole time. And here we are. I thought I was talking about Minute Maid. And by the end, I'll tell you what. I sold them on Charmin toilet paper. They changed, they changed the whole goddamn thing. So I, uh, you know, a little bit of a success story for me there. But I'll tell you what. I was not prepared for that. And <laughs> that's, a, that's a hell of a story to tell around the water cooler. It's a story I like to tell a whole lot, you know. Yeah. It's amazing. The last time I was playing golf, it was with Roger Waters. Oh, yeah, Roger? You yeah. Still, you know Roger? Well, I, I don't want to know him now. He's kind of an ass, but um, Great guy. Uh, we weren't on quad ludes. We were just having a few drinks. But um, as I was trying to say, improvisers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? Um, it's a collection of people who um, are doing some sort of comedic form that requires no preparation. Now, again, I'm very mystified by this. As I said, preparation is one of the key essential fundamentals to succeed in business, to succeed not only in business, but in really any kind of office. Uh, you're about to say something there? I just, I just, I just, and it's it's almost like, I don't, I hate to get emotional. Yeah. Um, being, having emotion in the office workplace is a huge no-no. I mean, if you have emotion, there's a room for that. It's called the janitor's closet or your car or your car. I've been there before I've gone in there and I've screamed yeah. and I've cried and I've popped my pills. I've smoked. I've done all sorts of things in that room. That is a safe place for you. When things get too hot mm-hmm. for God's sakes, don't, don't make that scene. Take those, take those emotions and take them elsewhere. Go scream in that room. That's why it's there. That's why it's there. And if there's a gentleman in there restocking his toilet paper, or his chemicals that he puts in his bucket, you tell that person to leave. This is your space. And anyway, I don't mean to get too emotional here, but it really reminds me of my uncle, Regis. Uh, and he used to say, sorry. He used to say something um, that is so, so Regis. He used to say, spontaneity is everything to me. Working without a net. Is that, how, is that how he said it? 
he said, um, Spy Nady is everything to me. Working without a net. Um, and he used to say it just like that. And I miss my uncle so much. But that was that was Regis. Uh, that was Regis. Sorry to interrupt again here, but it's uh, <laughs> I just I just I don't understand what an improviser is, and I I think that this maybe might have a correlation to that. I'm well, this this improviser. We have an improviser uh, here, actually, in the studio with us. Oh. Wow. Okay. He's the he's the one of the writers of this letter. Well, we have a collection of letters, and apparently this one was written by numerous people, but he was one of them. Um, and in the, I think well, we're not going to read the letter aloud here. I think he has a position he'd like to maybe speak a little bit on. His name is Mark Rowland, and he is requesting that Serb not finish for improvisers in September. It should be extended, and he'd like to explain to us why that's not a kind of a crazy idea. I've got some issues here, but I'd like to hear the young man out. Mark Rowland, how are you, sir? Hey, hi, everyone. I'm hi, excited Mark. to be here. Take a seat, Mark. Yeah, uh, I have to admit, I'm a little <laughs> nervous where I am in the, in the dragon's den. A snake's nest <laughs> with a bunch of real uh, office pros. Mark, are you hungry? Uh, well, I had breakfast. I had a nice big breakfast this morning. What'd you eat? I had a bagel, some cream cheese, and coffee. That's it? You can't afford anything bigger? That's all I needed. Ah, so you're content. Yeah. You're content with just a bagel with cheese and some coffee? Hey, listen, I, I, I can tell that we're getting off already on kind of like a, a rocky start. And I just want to just say, I, I, I came from the same world as you guys. Mark, I already like you a lot. I like to do this with new hires. I just want to see the cut of your jib. I want to drop the curtains here for a minute. I ask mm -hmm. this question all the time. What we eat for breakfast is extremely important. And honestly, not something people ask about, which is why I just asked it. I wanted to throw you off guard and see how you reacted. And honestly, I'm really impressed. Let's see where this goes from here. Oh, well, thanks very much. Yeah. Um, well, I used to do corporate uh, training mm. where I'd meet all sorts of guys just exactly like you. They're kind of like uh, corporate uh, sharks, you know? Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I would basically, you know, you guys were concerned with the idea of, you know, going into something unprepared, but I would help them prepare to be unprepared that's the way i sold it now in okay so i've heard these words that you've uttered and yeah. I'm, I'm in the middle of processing them mm. but <laughs> um from what i've gathered not only in the industry that i work in uh which is corporate finance i do a lot of consulting in corporate finance but also in the engineering uh, domain, in science, in high tech, in law, unprepared equals death, especially mm -hmm. in, in the medical fields right now. So I'm doing a lot of work with, particularly Merck, actually, I'm doing a lot of work with them. And an unprepared scientist equals a batch of completely unusable chemicals that can poison an entire town of German school children. This is not something that we can really condone or, or live with in this sort of world. I'm not saying that what you're doing is nonsense or crazy, but I'm so interested in knowing how you can actually apply that in a way that is useful and productive. All right. Well, I'll, I'll give you a bit of an answer here. And I'll say that part of this sort of pushback that I'm getting from you guys is part of why... I ended up leaving, you know, the corporate improv world because of those, you know, that it's just always about like, what can we do right now, right here? How can I put a hundred dollar bill in my pocket yeah. immediately? Um, but I'll just say this. We cannot be prepared for every eventuality. There's going to be some moment when you're surprised when something happens that you didn't have just that right 
equipped for, that you didn't have the right chemical for, that something's going to happen. Uh, what if the labels get switched? What are you going to do? So uh, I'm there to help people communicate, deal with those eventualities, and to figure out in the moment, how can we deal with this and really bounce ideas off one another till we get to a point of new stability and dare I say, even growth. I find what you're saying is fascinating, but I'm still not convinced. Do you have an example, some kind of real concrete example of something like this actually working? Because in my realm, and I'll be completely honest with you, I have one specific word for that, incompetence. If somebody comes in and I'm missing my papers, if I'm missing the folders, for God's sakes, if somebody comes in to pitch something to me in a presentation and the TV's not on, well, there's no graphs, and I don't even know what quarter we're in, I can't be expected to understand what is happening all of the time. That's why assistants exist. And if my assistant came in and didn't have the things that I needed to understand the world around me and to get a good grasp on it, well, then that means I'm not doing my job properly. And it means I'm failing. Incompetence, Mark. Incompetence. Well, Mr. Philbin, if I could. Sure. So let's say your assistant comes in with the papers, TV's on, brought the graphs. You know, there's there's uh, snacks for everyone. And then you say, what about the 3D model, right? That was never anything discussed. But you just say, hey, I want a 3D model right now. Well, an improviser could deal with that. You know, they could use their body to become that 3D model. They could mime it. They could get a few other people in the room to become the 3D model. So with that kind of training that you can show, you can deal with any eventuality, even with something that you thought you'd never have to prepare for. Like, what if you said, well, what would this presentation look like on the moon? Right? Say that one more time. What would this presentation look like on the moon? Wow. I'm going to give you a concrete uh, problem that, I'm, that I need to take care of next week, Mark. And, and uh, mm. maybe you can walk me through how we could use improv in a way that would be suitable for not only myself, but for my client. Um, so I, I have a, a contract with Bombardier. And uh, they have um, sort of like a hangar at Mirabel Airport, okay? And mm -hmm. w they have a, a fleet of new uh, planes that they use for uh, flight instructor school. So they're very light aircraft. Uh, and they're usually planes that only have one engine. So single engine light aircraft planes. Um, and a lot of these planes have malfunctioning ailerons or, or the wing or the strats aren't particularly, um, I'm, I'm not an engineer, but what I understand is that there are a lot of mechanical issues with these planes. Now, one of the reasons why they're bringing me there next week is to kind of have a little bit of a dressing down of the engineers there to make sure that they work not only harder, but smarter moving forward, okay? Um, I get paid a lot of money to do this. Um, I, maybe I should not have mentioned that, but, but the, point, oh. the point is, is that I'll be doing this that next week. I'll be doing this next week yeah. at Mirabel mm. Airport. How can I use improv to help fix these planes or at least the attitude of these engineers? Okay, so you're going in with this idea of dressing them down. Well, I, that's what the client has specifically asked me for. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what's, your, what's going to be your, your first way of approaching this dressing down? So one of the things that I do universally uh, is that I get everyone into a room. And uh, this is actually something that I learned uh, working with the Army about 15 years ago, the Canadian Armed Forces. You just get everyone into a room, and you don't say anything. You just stand in front of the 10, 15, 20 people. I think they have a team of about 18, something like that. You just stand in front of everyone, and you say nothing. And, and at a certain point, one or two of them are going to ask, well, what are we doing here? What's going on? 
you know, lunch is in 15 minutes, I have work, I need to pick up my kids from school, what's, you know, that, that sort of thing. You say nothing until one of them figures out what is going on. At that point, all of the power is in your hands because now they realize that you totally dominate and control the tenor of this room. They have had to seek the answer, what are we doing here? And through this entire process, they have realized, oh my God, Ryan here is really the man. And one of us needs to confess. Who's the fuck up? Who is the pat? Who's going to be the fall guy here? Once that happens, then we can go into the path of what I like to call reconciliation. All right. Well, it sounds to me like you guys are already using a lot of the principles that I would expound upon that you went to uh, another organization, you looked at their ideas, you said yes to them, and you built upon them. That in mm. the situation where you say nothing, they give an idea, you mm. say yes to that idea, the idea that they've made a mistake, mm -hmm. and no matter what it is, you're going to accept it, right? That you're going to say, yes, you fucked up here and go on and on and on. So I think really you're already embracing a lot of the improv ideals. I, well, I, th I think maybe I haven't made myself entirely clear of how this works. Mm -hmm. so, so it's more like this. So we're all in the room together. They're all standing in front of me. And... Um, and they sort of offer suggestions of like, you know, maybe, you know, one of us ate your lunch. Um, you know, maybe this ha or maybe. So I, I sort of get a couple of suggestions from the 18 or so people who are in this room, in this sort of closed, enclosed, dark room. Um, and, and then we go with the punishment. So it's not quite what you're saying and i don't think it yeah. relates to improv very no that well. sounds exactly like an improv show where you get a suggestion and then after that everyone's punished okay let me maybe make this clearer for you mark so it's not like that at all uh how can i put it so in order to punish them in order for them to understand that this is this is serious um i put like a, a sort of music Okay, yeah. so they're all in this dark room and, and um, there's like a, a computer in the back of this room with like um, an audio mixing board. And uh, I put a song or two, um, a kind of a pump up song, a pump up song for them to, to, to get, not confused, but for them to feel emotionally that something is going wrong here. I'm gonna add. I'm gonna have you add one more thing. Yeah. To your tactics, I think something that will make it even more personal is if you get all of them to call out their name. I mean, help me out here, um, Rich. I I don't know how to get through to Mark. I think. Um, <clears throat> I think what. Uh, I'm hearing here is communication breakdown. Um, I think it was an incredibly important part of uh, the office culture is making sure that we're all on the same page here, especially the written page. Yeah. I think it's important that maybe uh, you turn, if I, if I could jump in, uh, if I'm understanding this correctly in your hypothetical situation here, uh, that you're currently in right now. Um, would I? Would you go so no, far? No, it's not hypothetical. This is next well, week. Well, this is something you're actually yeah, yeah. going through. I'm, yeah. Oh, this is interesting. It, as, I'm just wondering if I can get, you know, I, we've been talking a lot about the corporate world, but I, I did come for a particular reason. So at some point- Then we can... get to it. Well, okay. Yeah. How about, yes. So Mark, let please explain why yeah. we should give you the i mean you do have this platform we are giving yeah. you this opportunity but yeah. please explain i did write you that letter you wrote me uh along with many different people it seems there's a lot of yeah. different types of handwriting on this mm -hmm. uh this lined paper mm -hmm. um explain why you feel improv is important that improvisers provide some sort of value to society 
and more crucially, that the government needs to help fund these improvisers to continue doing their whatever they're doing. Yeah. Well, I have a great number of points, and we could probably tackle each one at a time. So the first aspect is this, that CERB is intended as an emergency relief benefit for all Canadians. And so this is free money. Well, nothing's there's, free. Yeah, there's not such a, yeah, I was about to say that. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. So, and I think we can all recognize that this is an extreme emergency for the improv community at large, that uh, theaters all across Canada are either closing, closed, or certainly have been shut down for the last year. So this is the emergency that Canada's going through. Now, have they been shut down because they're not particularly good? Or, you know... I don't the, think... The marketing is bad? Can people... Well, is there, was there signage outside of the building? I mean, it depends on... Yeah, that's a case-to-case -case basis. But any getting people off the street or any, any beverages being sold inside? Listen, uh, the main reason... Alcohol why, license? The main reason why these places have been closed down is due to the worldwide... Ah, mm -hmm. uh, right. ...pandemic. Yes. Right? Regardless of whether or not there were any signs beverages, bathrooms, seating, mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, and so this is the emergency that Canadians have been preparing for, I would say, for generations. Uh, and we've got to deal with it. Now, something else that Canada has been, you know, has become known for, synonymous with, is delivery, production of um, material resources, metals, wood, water, correct. Hydroelectricity. And it's, we, and I, I think there's a collective understanding that we need to move away from this. Okay. That yeah. if we focus all of our energies on the extraction of these raw materials, eventually we're, we're going to run out. They're damaging for the environment that we should, we need to move into other industries. I'm going to stop you right there just for a moment, because I, it's not that I don't, it's not that I disagree. I actually, and you might not know this because my book has, it uh, is just coming out right now. And I, I assure you, there's a really great chapter on this. I actually have a team of psychics telling me what is the next great thing to invest into. A large part of my business is invest, investing in local businesses. I, like, I love to give back that way. I obviously take an enormous cut uh, percentage out of their future income uh, and revenue, but I love to support local business. It's something I love to do. It's something from the heart that I really enjoy doing. With that said, these psychics tell me what is the next best thing to invest into. So Mark, what you're telling me right now is you're psychic or you know something I don't. It's not that I'm psychic. And are you talking like sort of a minority report style, you know, triad of psychics? That well, you'd you have about? to sign an NDA for me, but I'm not not saying that it's based off of the film Minority Report. Mm. My information comes from observation. An improviser needs to take in information, needs to use their senses. And that's what I'm doing. Mm. Um, just look at the global shipping crisis. I'm sure you're both aware of that. I'm aware. We're, I'm incredibly I'm, aware. Of I might be aware. Um, I'd have to contact my assistant to make well, sure that there's... I got that memo last week. But, but please tell us anyway. Well, with the, um, the Suez Canal blockage, 
with the evergreen barge, as well as uh, the incidents, you know, the, 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 the slowdown due to COVID, the uh, difficulties between China and the rest of the world, shipping can containers just aren't moving at the rate needed to transport goods around the world. So that's why I propose that our goods could be improv. I just respect that. I, I, the thing is, and I really do not know about the improv world, so, mm. but in the business world at least, let's say you're about to do a presentation in front of a, a group of shareholders or something. Uh, let's mm. say Kellogg's, okay? You're doing a presentation for Kellogg's. And, and like we are in the back room, us business guys, and we are like, you know, doing like warm-ups. You know, I don't know in improv, but in business, like we're, we're, we're patting each other. We're saying we've got each other's back. We're, um, we're doing, um, we're just trying to get the energy up. Um, yeah. Sometimes we, we, we put like pump up music before we go onto the, the stage where we, well, not this, the, the podium where we yeah. do our presentation. And, um, you know, maybe we have some like lights on us. Maybe we have like a clock at the top of the ceiling of this room that tells mm -hmm. us that we only have about 12 to 15 minutes for this, for this pitch. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know about improv at all, but it seems like these are things that maybe you could consider implementing in your business model. I, it seems to me, Ian, like... You're some kind uh, of... Who's Ian? I'm sorry. Ryan. What did I say? <laughs> Ryan. What did I say? That's, I think that's what I said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Ryan. Oh, Ian. That's my cat's name. Sorry. Um, Brian, is that you're some kind of minority report style psychic. I think you're already tapping in to the improv world unbeknownst to you that maybe you're kind of on a similar wavelength mm -hmm. maybe receiving signals somehow unseen unknown and that you are perhaps some kind of reincarnation of like del close or keith johnstone or who, who? well um, I mean, Ma mark I mean, let me just stop you right there um yeah. You have come on today to advocate for this product that yeah. is in dire need of some funding, which is why you yeah. pitched the advanced or rather the extension to the CERB. Uh, because, of yeah. course, these temples, uh, churches, I'm not sure what the proper nomenclature is, uh, are falling at the wayside um, mm. because of the lack of funding due to the pandemic. And let's be let's be honest with with ourselves. Obviously, the product you are very passionate about it, but it doesn't have global appeal right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, has there even been a Netflix with the improv? I'm not quite sure. That's how I gauge whether or not the product yeah. is, is sound. There's been one. Yeah. There's been an, there's been one Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So, so maybe, and, and it was, and, and the two, it was, uh, the, there was a two fellows, three fellows. There was, I imagine it was only fellows. Yeah. Two okay. fellows. Okay. Yes. Um, and, 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 and they're both, uh, they're both good people. I don't know what you're getting at. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, we, we, I need to find, I need to, I need, okay. I, let me just, let me, let me basically just get this quite right here. I want to say this very specifically. I need yeah. to make sure that the product works because I'm just going to, I'm going to put my cards down on the table. I'm very interested. Right. I'm very interested because I see a very specific use for this. And for me, it is, company inspiration and work ethic influence mm. it's a term that i've coined in my newest book what i'm mm. trying to say is sometimes i don't know um, i might be the only company that does this but whenever my workers do a very good job i like to reward them with something i like to give them pizza i like to maybe have a uh a, a, a fun at the local tgi tgif mm -hmm. uh and i think that there could be a cool use here have you ever done something where 
where somebody maybe is brought up on stage and you poke fun at them or you, you include them in a show or one of your shows and, and, uh, Oh, have you ever done a show? Uh, perhaps we can, there's an improv where, where we can only do food-based activities or food-based things. Oh, I guess what I'm trying to say, I'm hitting you with a lot of stuff right now, but I'd like to, can I see if this works? Would it be possible for Brian to maybe participate in, uh, in, in something uh, here? Absolutely, yeah. Let's do it. Just because I want to see what this, in, this whole thing is. I don't know. Uh, all right, so yeah, go ahead. I'm waiting. Wait, what are you waiting what for? You, what you... I'd like to see an. Im I'd like to see improv. I'd like. I don't know. I'd like to oh. see it. So I was hoping if oh. Brian was was available, uh, and and Mr. Roland, you'd be interested in demonstrating yeah. if how this product works in real time. Okay, well, let's get you guys to do it yourselves. Okay. I think you need to experience it. You said something about food. My favorite. Yeah. I, I like pineapples particularly. Yeah, well, that's a that's a common thing in an improv show. A lot of people call that out. Um, I don't. I don't. Okay. So let's try. Let's try this. We're just going to do a very short demonstration of improv. Um, so then, uh, Mr. Philbin, what you're going to do is I want you to imagine right now that you're. I don't know, you're at a restaurant. Oh, Could you do easy. that? That's very Yeah, easy. fantastic. Yeah. And you look across the table yes. and there's the... Um, Who's there? Uh, well, there's your... Uh, let's say it's it, your father who's sitting across the table. You're having a meal together. My father's passed. Well, let's imagine that it, this, it, in this universe, your father is alive. All right, well... All right. Let's have a conversation over a meal. And Brian is going to be um, playing your father. Brian, can you imagine that you are going to be playing the dad in this scenario? That's going to be difficult because I uh, have been with a lot of women, but I don't have any children. That's fine. Me, me too. Uh, and that's, and that's, that's totally fine, guys. Uh, and, and you can also use that. Use that as a piece of information that maybe you have been with a, a lot of women. Okay. And uh, all right, I think I think I understand. And we're use your real use your real life, and I'll be the waiter. <clears throat> Hello, father. Thank you for coming. Hello, son. Thank you for inviting me to this dinner. I'm sorry I haven't been able to give you children, grandchildren. I'm sorry that you have not known the life of what it is to be a loving father. Have you chosen what you'd like off the menu? I'll take just a second gin and tonic. I'll take nothing. Hi, everyone. I'm your waiter. And uh, I just would like to let you guys know that you need to order food in order to to drink in this establishment. We don't have a full bar license. Can we pause here for a minute? Uh, yeah. I just don't yeah. understand where, like, it, what kind of restaurant is this? Uh, uh, can you jump in here, Mr. Roland? I don't understand. Oh, sure. Um, th there's, uh, there's a number of bars in the, uh, in the neighborhood that uh, oh. don't actually have a full liquor license. So you had to order oh. food in order, to, in order to drink. So I was just trying to play into that reality. Oh, I understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know in the old ports, they all have, you know, you can do whatever you like there. Anyway, you guys did a great job. I think you said yes to each other's <laughs> ideas. Um, yeah, you had a, you didn't fully uh, embrace, I guess, my offer. I guess you had a hard time dealing with it because yeah. it's outside. Oh, of I always experience. accept offers. Well, that so uh, any bit of information that you give in a scene is considered an offer. Is there is it negotiable? Or? Yeah. Do you, is there a contract? The contract is sort of signed and agreed upon before the scene begins. That you're go you're both going to try to create a reality together. I understand it mm. as if we were two parties, business owners merging into one company and we needed to break the rules and create the new rules 
i.e. the new reality of the new building that we would construct with the resources of both companies? Am I, am I crazy? I don't know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's a great interpretation. So that is improv. That is improv. I'm absolutely fascinated. I'll be completely mm. honest with you. I lied when we first met. I didn't like your answer regarding the breakfast choices. I said that to make you think that I liked you so you can be more vulnerable with me. Mm. It's a tactic I've used time and time again. It's cutthroat, and I really do love it. I'm saying this now, throwing the curtains down once more to tell you that you've won me over, Mr. Roland, and this meeting has turned around in your favor. I'm mad enough to admit that I have quite fallen for this product that you call improv. How can I be sure that this isn't another ruse? How can you be sure that I don't think that this is a ruse? This improv, I've never heard of it before, and it sounds enchanting, so I'm not quite mm. sure if it's even real. I did I, part, I did participate in it just now, and I did, it did feel real, but mm. I assure you there's no ruse here. I'll be up front. I'll lay my cards on the table. I will give you this inch. Well, Mark. Well, that's all I mean. I, yeah. I mean, I, I know Rich very well, and he's not someone who is prone to gushing unless he really, really means it. I, um, I've never done this before. I've never done this before. I've never done this before. Mr. Roland, I'd like to make you an offer. Hmm? Oh. I'd like to make you an offer right now. This is I have an exclusive, an offer being done on an episode of Aim High? I would like to make you an offer. I already own a building that I have taken from some squatters. I'm not quite sure what they were doing in there. So the court, it's on Saint Laurent in Montreal. It's right, it's right across the street from a Dirty Dogs. All right? Fantastic business. A fantastic business. I don't know who was in this building before, but they clearly did not succeed. All I'm trying to say is the building is available, mm. and I'd like to put your product in there. I want to see this product flourish, and I want to see this product branch out into offices all around. Montreal is a tech hub. Tech hub up and coming, and tech mm. could really use this creativity. These talk about advanced AI learning, but I think the AI can learn a lot from your brain, Mr. Roland. So I'd like to make you an offer right now. My offer is a couple thousand dollars worth of rent <clears throat> in this building. Can't get you the liquor license. We'll get you some proper signage outside though. And I will attend some of the shows. That sounds great. Um, I'll introduce you to my friends, of course, because being in mm -hmm. partnership with me is being in partnership with the world. Wow. And um, if I can uh, quote, if I can quote my uncle for a moment. Actually, I'll wait. Go ahead. I'd like to hear what you have to say first. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really, well, I'm floored. Uh, I think that'd be awesome, you know, and, and uh, I might just abandon trying to band together with all the improv other improvisers you know like screw them don't have if i have got if i got my own place i don't need to have the government support everyone Whoa. if i'm supported i'm good i'm great i didn't, I didn't realize the, the the improv community was so treacherous oh well i mean uh, yeah i mean i guess like once we get ours uh that's it f off i guess yeah wow, wow. head on over to toronto or something like that maybe yeah yeah well, Mark, I like, if I can quote my uncle for a moment, mm -hmm. my great uncle, is that your final answer? Yeah, it is. Congratulations. You just broke the rules and won. Wow, Mark. How about that? That's great. I'm so happy for you. I think this is going to be exactly you have got what a lot of our listeners want a new meaningful path to gainful employment doing something that you're passionate about yeah this is a dream come true <laughs> and um i just like to add because this is this is such a and thank you so much rich philbin i mean this is great what you're doing for for mark um I'm perhaps still not as 100% enamored with improv. I'm still trying to figure this out, Mark. I don't think we're quite there yet, but 
I, I promise this to you, and I'm gonna, we're going to end the podcast with this other promise, is that I promise that if you'd like, I, and we can do this pro bono, okay? I can deliver what, what I would like to call a, a workshop, okay? Now, I, I don't know what they're called in improv, but in business, we call them workshops. We could do, um, we could work on like, um, oh, what could we work on? On, on finding patterns, you know? So if there's something salient that you notice during the meeting, uh, try to see if you can bring that a second time later on or a third time. In, bi- in the business world, we call that a callback. And if you can do enough of these callbacks, shareholders adore this. And this is something that, again, I don't know if in improv there's any interest or predilection for this whatsoever, but that could maybe be something of use. Well, once again, I think you've foreseen the future. You, yeah, I think you really are an antenna for improv. There's, there's, you've got some kind of connection. I don't know. Maybe you're an improviser in another life. I, Mark, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to yes and this because I don't know how no. else to say no that I'm not. But okay, I suppose I was an improviser in a previous life. And I'm happy that that is the case. Something like that? That's great. <laughs> <laughs>